0: com slash ACAST You're listening to Achten Miloal.
1: Listening to Achtung Millwall Emergency Broadcasting Special, a public service broadcast made on behalf of the Real Mill fan show and Achtong Millwall, broadcasting from South Bernardie. Welcome dear listeners, welcome to the wartime broadcasting service of Achtong Millwall. My name is Nick Carr, and joining me on today's show is um a renaissance man harry warren you're developing new <laughs> inter- interests in your life harry aren't you yeah outside, de- of, be- outside of motorsport and football
2: well I, I don't know about that i mean I'm, I'm 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 watching a lot of war documentaries so um <laughs> uh, there is a there is a plethora of war books max hastings is a fantastic author by the way if anyone no, second to, uh, second would man. like to uh, listen to him and very well very well directed also uh drew mcintyre there's some good Sort of spy espionage books around Kim Philby, uh, Kim Philby rather, and also uh, there was a Russian spy that averted the cold, uh, averted a nuclear attack by the Russians on Great Britain. Um, That's so a I very remember.
1: interesting story. I'll send separately. I'll send you a link to a show about that. A good podcast. But anyway, we we are straying from the point and purpose of today's podcast, dear listeners, which is. um Everyone's been on, on the show has been doing their favourite season and Harry's is, is here today to choose his favourite season. Um, do you want to re- re- do a reveal, Harry? What's, what's, your, what's your choice of season, mate?
2: Well, my choice of season, well, the two that I wanted to do were, were already taken um, in the, in the <laughs> line. So um, uh, so I picked my first season that I can remember any games to. I had been to Millwall before, but um, is the first season I can remember any games at all. Um, which is 2000-2001, the promotion champions season. Absolutely. Great
1: choice. When was your first game, Harry, out of interest? What was your first match? Can you remember that? Or do you know it? Uh,
2: well, I know I was taken to the old den by my dad. Um, so it's a cold but, blow lane. That was one of the questions on our list. Yeah. yeah. So I got to go, but I cried. And uh, my dad had to take me <laughs> home before the end of the first half. I would have been about like 18 months, two years, sort of. But my dad told well, me to say that I had gone. You had been. Um, You're entitled to cry. At 18 well, months. I think I think my dad thought that. I, th- I suppose I've got to thank him for that. That I could say that I went to the old den. I think my dad realised that it was quite a big, big thing in '93 to you know yeah. to have gone to the old den. So my dad took me. Um, but obviously, the rational part of my brain, even as a 18 ma- year month old baby, decided this wasn't a good idea for you the rest of your life to uh, attach yourself <laughs> to this football club, but. Uh, what's in he, the heart? is over their head, I suppose. You're in it
1: for life now. So you'd have been born, what, 91, 92, something like that? Uh, 90 I was born. 1990. So, yeah, you'd have been nine years, to, well, 10 years going towards 11 in this particular season. Daydream Believers is the name of the um, online compilation. quite a long video, actually, Harry. I, I, yeah. I, just to refresh my mind, I had a quick look at it um before we spoke today I got about 20 minutes in and um it's extensive footage a lot of it's interesting to look at it all um mm. but it's, it's about hour and 20 I think so get you know yeah. get yourself settled in did you have a look at it just to um give yourself a bit of a, yeah. a refresh
2: I watched it last night um I watched it before I end up watching your um Steve McQueen documentary you you put through to me so oh, I, yeah. I had yeah. an extensive sitting last night um I mean, there's nothing else to do, oh, we it? all, it doesn't mean <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I, I looked at it and I, I what, what struck me is one the kits to the emptiness of the den, um, mm-hmm. on the opening day fixture. I think we just kicked off against Reading, if i memory serves from last night, um, yeah, 11,000 crowd that day, apparently. Yeah. Um, but I
1: think they counted the like then they do now. They count season tickets as attendees, but I don't. I don't remember it being that big a crowd. It, yeah, it
0: was
1: a. It was a. It was a slow start to the season, but then
2: it's often the way at Millwall. Yeah, I mean, we obviously, you know, the season before we'd um, got to the playoffs against Wigan and got beat away from home. I didn't go to that game on the Tuesday night. I sat in watching it. I can remember exactly where I was. I was watching it on Gillette Soccer Saturday or the Gillette soccer specials, you know, Tuesday night. Yes, and, yeah, away the yeah, yeah. and the playoff games, this shows kids, this was one for the kids out there. In 2000s, all the playoff games weren't on normal sky. Yes, they weren't, <laughs> they weren't all on normal sky. So um, I think it's a game. It is a different era.
1: And you, I mean, it's interesting looking at the video. You're right. It looks very different. And it's only it's only 20 years ago. Um it's in the, it's in the, two, you know, it's in the kind of uh, the 21st century. But it looks, it's a bit like um, when you look at old footage. Of, for me, like looking back at the 60s and 50s, it that looks like a very, very different era to my memory. And this must do the same for for kids of the modern era. Cause it does look um, decidedly different football back then, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, even the kits, the way the kits look, the way the kits hang off players, like baggy, now, baggy yes, shirts. <laughs> Yeah, you can get, you know, a bit of leverage and, and twist on. The referees all look massive. They all look fat, short, like non-professional blokes that could have just come from the pub. Um, crazy, crazy decisions by officials to send players off that would never, ever happen now. And there's, you know, a couple of them in the video that I was watching going, well, why has he sent him off? I can't, I can't you know, but just by basically being useless. I mean, some things never change. But, Absolutely. Yeah, there was, it was players that I deleted from my memory or players that I can't, I can't fathom or remember. And then we have the, um, you know, the very strange way that we got rid of Cave uh, Stevens and, and Alan McCleary. Yeah.
1: I mean, just to set the scene, I think it's probably worth before we go through this uh, season, successful season, because it was the, in some ways, I think it was a culmination of, of Theo Pathetis' um tenure as chairman i know he, i know he continued on i know we had other success with the cup final and the near miss going uh, to the to the um you know to the to the, the premier league playoffs almost um or to the final almost anyway but theo would come in in 1997 i think sometimes um theo pathetic because he's gone on to you know tv fame and um and all the rest of it and taking over at Millwall as chairman was. Provide a great platform for, for that to happen. But we were in administration, kids, listeners. Um, when he took over in 1997, um, the horizon was a very bleak one for Millwall. Um, I don't know how close we were to, you know, we we're in administration. I don't know. This becomes myth and legend how close we were to going out of business. But um, and people often react badly when you say Theo saved us because, I don't know, he, he inspires um, Marmite-type reactions. But I don't remember there being anyone else. Um, there was no other US cavalry coming around the corner at the time. Uh, it was Theo Pathetis and his um, his policies to turn the business around. He was a specialist in um, turning around failing businesses, I suppose you'd, the way you'd put it. Um, he'd made a, a good living out of that. And I think he saw Mill was a... A business to be turned around but also a good platform football gives you a, a, um, a level of publicity Harry. yeah
2: for me maybe
1: yeah and you you know it's one thing to be a successful businessman but if you have any aspirations to be anything more and I think Theo clearly did rightly or wrongly then football gives you a great platform and it's you know you look at the likes of Karen Brady and, and Golden Sullivan they would all be just so what figures but they have a a, a, a platform at west ham and theo in a way went down a similar route with us i mean yes he did turn the business around and i think we should all acknowledge that that is the reality of the situation yeah saved us from um going out of
2: business by and then side. shafted us <laughs> uh, <laughs> i that's,
0: mean that's further that's, that's down the line that's further well, down
2: the line uh, you know but you can't you can't say it's the yin and the, the yang he a bit like um who was the guy who ran Wimbledon and, and famously, man, Sam Saman Sam, yeah, Sam famously said after, you know, their their cup final sell all the players. because yeah, you knew that was the time that they'd get their money. That was pretty much what Theo done after the cup final. It was sell the players and, and I need to get my money out, you know. Um it, it went we tried, wrong.
0: Well it, it went
2: wrong over, you know, bad bad decisions, whether whether you know the the idea of coming in and saving and building this side and we then which we're going to talk about obviously we built this side from two fat well the previous um, year and what a side yeah but you're and right what I side, mean, and then we sold them for for pittance even at the time even you know and the difference is and this is why you have to compare you know and then it's not just who he it's not just that he sold it it's who did he sell it to look at the malaise of peter de Savery and Burnage and who else were we owned by? I mean, come no, on! It was, it was a you succession. Didn't... I mean, it left a sour taste. That's that. That is for sure. And yeah, the, the leaving of Theo... be unfair to not say that when you're praising him. So I can be the, be the naked <laughs> person, which is unusual on this show.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, you, you're making fair points. I mean, the 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 ending of Theo. Um, it, you can't you can't have the start of Theo without li- at least acknowledging the end of Theo. I, I, I take that. Um, at this point, 2000, 2001, um, what I've written on my notes is it was like a culmination of the policies he put, which was cost cutting. I remember when he first came to the den um for a night match the floodlights didn't switch on till about fully switch on till about five minutes before the start of the match because it saved electric and they had loads and famously uh there's a documentary made where neil harris was complaining about the players having to buy their toast and that became a, a little catchphrase because these these are all cost cutting measures and, and so it went on but theo at this point um had turned around a business that was had, had failed um and yes, there's a sour end to the story in that sense. But at least at this point, Millwall had been saved, had carried on. Um, and by um, force of um, of economic circumstance, we were having to select young players, probably in a way that you don't really see in the same, you don't, teams don't back youth in the same way as Theo had to back then. And that's and so you saw the rise of players like Tim Cahill, Stephen Reid, Neil Harris, and the others, you know, they, they had a, a chance which may not have come their way ordinarily otherwise so i think we we have to acknowledge theo's part in this success subject to the terms and conditions that you just mentioned Mm -hmm. harry Uh, and two other names before we go into the actual season i just want to mention two names um because um rhino and maca had built the sides largely speaking Um, and they developed it to the point where uh, we got into the playoffs in 98, 99, uh, 99 to 2000, sorry, Um, and they got out to Wigan, as as you've said. In the season before Uh, that, we'd played at Wembley. We played in the auto windscreen. so this was a a steady curve going upwards. Um, Rhino and Macca had, um, you know, had had been part of that, Um, and then obviously Mark McGee took over. There, There was a, there was a ruthless choice to sack them quite early in the season, um, which, you know, even when you look at it now, and you've probably looked at the same video that i I mentioned earlier on, Harry, uh, it, it does look ruthless, doesn't it? When we're, you know, we, it's we've torture. drawn 13th in the, in the table when they got sacked, um, having done pretty well, well, very well, given the, given the economic resources, um, two club legends both had played in the top flight as part of the glory team now i know that football doesn't give a shit about what you did last week let alone cares (laughs) today yeah now and what can you do for me is all that matters but anyway there is they had standing at the club um and this i think there was an expectation at the start of this season that it had to succeed there had to be success theo's business plan required success and he took the view after um, a, a one model draw at Brentford. This is in September, mid September, um, where we were thirteenth um in the table.
2: Um with two games in hand.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. Mark would be thirteenth with two games in hand, seven points off top. Um, and I think
1: we um, played um I think we played played six games at that point, three one three wins, one draw, yeah, and a so, loss, two two losses.
2: Two home defeats, unbeaten away from home. Um, no, I feel, no caught, Um, Like going through the side. If you actually look on on that website showing last night, obviously presumably suspensions and injuries from the season before. Still, yeah. five, seemingly Lucas Neal still at the Olympics. Now these are players that went on to play every game. You know these were first first name picks. So they were. Slightly, and I'm I'm doing this backwards with the we we know how it ends, obviously, but with the benefit of twenty years and not knowing this as a ten-year-old. I mean, mm. could you imagine? Could you imagine now? Could you imagine Millwall sacking Kenny Jacket after a slow start of, of six games? Neil Harris, you know, after six games, you, it just it just wouldn't happen. So, I I think it shows that Theo was definitely ruthless. I think whether or not I I I'd, I'd have to. Bow down to your to your sort of worldliness, Nick, in the sense that what was the feeling of the club, like support at the time, really for that? Because I, I couldn't imagine any. Well, most clubs. I mean, I've, you're talking about people like um, it was the guy at Leeds that sat like eight managers, and Vincent Tan at Cardiff, kind of Bond villainesque to yeah, yeah. for Pete this after six games. After you know, one thing
1: and their achievement. One thing just to say, because you know, obviously you know, um, you were 10, so you wouldn't remember the the the, uh, the nuances of Millwall um, support and how it felt at the time. Um, nothing's There's nothing new in this world, dear listeners, no matter how far back you go, you find the same themes quite often in uh, in, in history generally, but Mill certainly. Um, there was disgruntlement with Rhino and Macca. Um, they were badly abused at, at Brentford's, um, might sound odd, in this, you know, we're recording this in 2020 in the midst of a coronavirus um, war. Um, So it seems strange that people can get so antagonistic towards Club Legends. But as we've seen with Neil Harris recently, Harry, um, you know, we we, we know that people were having a go at um, him online. Maybe, I don't know how far that went, maybe we won't touch on that, but um, Club Legends are only Club Legends as long as you keep, if you're managing and you keep winning, um, there I was a mill trait. I don't think that's every club, but to, answer your, question, to answer your question, Rhino and Macca were badly abused at Brentford, um, and because there was a feeling that 13th position was not where we should be, even though, as you've said, already six games into the season, um, with players away at various international tournaments, the Olympics, Lucas Nil, um. You know, uh, an Australian international, then an, and other players not not um, available, um, but sometimes you get that people are intolerant of what they perceive as their is their is their entitlement, um, and that's that's how it was. Um, I think the two losses at home didn't help Ryan O'Macca's cause. I was just looking at that it was at Wickham uh, in late August. Uh, Wickham always seemed to have a hoodoo over us, um, but we'd won well at, at Notts County. Um we'd 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 uh opening day victory against Reading and we'd we'd beaten Swansea at home. So, you know, it wasn't it wasn't disaster, but it just probably wasn't the success that people were expecting.
2: Um Yeah. I mean to be before that, I mean, just to go previously on, you know, Kale got two goals on the first day of the season. I would definitely have been there for that, but I can't remember it. Um but game three of the season, if you are going to watch this after read after listening to us. It's worth, a watch. It's worth now, a watch. Now, Michael Avery on a previous said that his worst middle player of all time was Kevin Braniff uh, in the Worthington Cup, which was over two legs all the time, which completely baffled me. I'd never known the League Cup because I'm presuming it... The Worthington yeah. Cup was the League Cup. There wasn't a yeah, yeah, yeah. competition that I've no, 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 forgotten no, no. about. No. Kevin Braniff, away at Brighton, scores what can only be described as an absolute weldy, and it can't, <laughs> right? And honestly, if that's one of his five goals that you're talking about, no wonder Millwall persisted with him before we ruined him, presumably as a club, by abusing him all the time. Uh, I-, I couldn't believe it. He's got some, like, 25-yard looping sort of... Neil Harris strike of cutting the inside and using his right foot and bending it. Call it, um, it was. I really, think he always
1: very... he hinted okay. at, he hinted at something all the time. He had, he built a career about hinting, but I mean Braniff like quite a few other names. I mean it'd be a different show to think of players that have promised something and then disappeared without trace. Um, I think Braniff. Um, I'm contrasting Braniff, say, with a, a Lewis Graham, for example, who. Didn't work at Millwall and got the abuse, but actually went on to show our clubs, although he's a bit of a, uh, he's always on the move, isn't he? Um, you know, he's been to various places over, over yeah. his career. Braniff went back to Northern Ireland, I think was pulled to down in the in the Irish League out in in, in Ulster. Um, and that's the measure of, you know, the, the football industry generally knows when there's a player that's got something. <laughs> and Graben had something, but Bradif didn't. If there's, I don't know if that's the right kind of contrast to make.
2: Yeah. It shows you where, but I mean, you're right about the goals. It's quite interesting to watch the video. Um, Dave Tuttle and, playing as well was, was completely out of my memory. I just thought he existed as like some kind of horror name. That came to no, no. me in we, 2005 and six. We signed,
1: his- he was one of our higher transfers, Harry. Um, we signed David Tuttle um, in March. So just on the back end of the previous season um for two hundred thousand pounds but the same amount we pay for matt lawrence um it's <laughs> matt lawrence
2: playing right back going eight by the way right great
0: yeah.
2: i mean great. very very strange when you're watching this video it's just complete shaggy looking like really really weird and joe dolan just i deleted joe dolan from my memory but he actually looks quite capable Sent Ralph obviously before his injury, which I know he, you know he picks up. But like, there's there's sort of bits that are, you've got to imagine that this is like a kaleidoscope of memory as a ten year old sort of slotting back in through nights out and, and, <laughs> and years of adolescence that these players from my childhood are slowly slowly slipping back in as I was watching this. Sam Parkin as well. I've heard him say that he played for Millwall, like yeah, he did, yeah. radio and stuff. Completely deleted him. didn't didn't, it was like, when did you play then? Because I can't remember. You had like, at all, you must have played on the bench. Scored two goals on his debut. Been totally deleted but by my But you see, memory. there's a... I mean, it's quite interesting to
1: do this, listeners, because, I mean, you know, obviously I, I was I was at the, the games. I was an adult. Um, it's interesting you saying being 10 years old, because at the time, um, two thousands, I was I was living over in Wandsworth, so uh, my, my ex-partner... I used to start I started taking her son to, to the football because he was into football and I was going to Millwall. And it's in it was about probably about the same age, I suppose, Harry, actually, about that, that kind of era. Um James would have been about tenish, nine-ish, something like that. Um and so you you know, it, it's you when you take kids to football, you you build a bond with them, don't you? It becomes you know, uh, I think Merv Payne's touched on this with his with his books, you know, you you build this kind of Bond beyond the football in a funny kind of way it becomes something else. It becomes like a shared emotional experience because as the season wore along, you know, you could see the club starting to take hold on on his on, on his on his on his mind. You know, and he starts to live this experience. and It may have been the same for yourself at, at that at that time because you you're not really appreciating the football as such. You're 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 in living the um the like emotion. emotion.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt, it felt like that. Um... I mean, looking back, I mean that kit. You know, the badge being centered in the. Yeah. I remember. I didn't the remember Giorgio. the badge. <laughs> yeah, Giorgio kit, very weird. I remember the white kit out of that was the was the one that I had. I didn't. I had the white kit and I had the red Tony Warner goalkeeping kit because I wanted it to be a keeper. I wanted it to be like Denzel. So um, Denzel, yeah, what, yeah, what, what, a, what, a player. what a player, yeah. But exactly. you mentioned
1: what I've what I've picked up just. Doing a few notes to myself, looking back over this, and there's little bits that leap out. Of here. One of the things that struck me was these little cameo roles. And Sam Parkin, you've mentioned, Sam Parkin um, came to us on loan from Chelsea. Um, he was signed in September. I don't know if that that might have been for like a, a fill-in. Uh, we must have had an injury up front. It looks like Moody was was injured or something like that. So Parkin's coming as pretty much a straight um, replacement for Paul Moody up front. Um another kind of big striker. But um is a is a cameo for you, Harry and listeners. Sam Parking, five appearances in the Milkshire, on loan from Chelsea, five appearances, four goals from five appearances. That's not a bad hit rate, is it? That's not far short of a goal a game. Um and then he went, he went back to Chelsea. He's got like a, a career um as long as you're on online, not far short of Claridge in terms of clubs that he's played for. But that was a, that was a fair a, a lesser known contribution to a very successful middle season. The main storyline, obviously, uh, goals by Neil Harris, goal machine, as I've written here, 28 goals. But, you know, Sam Parking at the start of the season, five appearances, four goals on loan. And then later in the season, we'll come on to it later, but we'll mention Steve Claridge, who came in for six loan appearances from Portsmouth and scored three goals. So talk about shrewdly picked loan choices just when you needed goals to get you through a, a moment of adversity um mark mcgee found these these players that, that came up trumps and you know the the story of the season is goals 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 moody second highest goal scorer for the season paul moody with 14 goals and his second highest goal scorer that's that's a measure of the return of neil harris 28 goals in the season harry
0: yeah, that's incredible I mean,
2: yeah and i mean you you watch the video and what you find is that he is playing you know they say the first five yards are in your head he's playing on a completely different plane um sadlier as well is playing on the left in some of these games you know when we're desperate for a goal and you can see he's a very very young richard Sadlier, and you forget how good a player he could have been but uh, i mean we were robbed really you know through through injury and illness of them two playing together. And yes, maybe Theo's plan would have come together. Maybe we would have gone up. But you can only look back at that and realise what an absolute phenomenal player Neil Harris was at that level. And would he have been there without his illness? Would Would he have been at Millwall for much longer? Would he have had a bigger career? I mean, obviously... He was looked at for liver looked at for Liverpool, and Liverpool chose Robbie Fowler. So he he can't. I mean, Robbie Fowler didn't have a bad career when he before his injuries, So how could could New Harris have been for Millwall? Would we be talking? You know, I think he would have beaten Sheringham's record a hell of a lot earlier with a lot less games if he had stayed fit he and would- healthy. It would undoubtedly have moved. I mean, you know, if he had stayed fit,
1: then the Richard Sadier and um, Steve Claridge season the following year in the 2001-2002 uh, would end in in the uh, infamous, um, you know, uh, made a second riot. Um, disturbances <laughs> riot. But anyway, um, I mean, that we, we came. Remember in... that. <laughs> uh, we 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 we'll cover that another we'll cover that another day. You are listening to
0: Achten.
1: Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
1: Um, well, we we came within a toe poke of the, you know, the playoff final. Um, and as you say that, you know, if, Massive if Harry, but if we'd have got into the Premier League, then that may have been the culmination of uh, Theo's um, plan um, that would have made a nice points of sold on to some rich um, Kazakhstan oil magnate or something. Uh, it would have been Abramovich,
2: couldn't it? Really?
1: Who knows? Okay. The rest would have been uh, his, but it's this is Millwall and these things don't happen like that. But um, we're, we're dwelling on a successful season here. So, goal machine, Neil Harris, Paul Moody, second in the goal scoring table. He was a
2: do you remember much of Paul Moody, yeah. Harry? Can you? I remember, you remember him being him? like a. I remember him being like a bathroom man. Just he was. his job was seemingly just to smash people for Neil to get the to get the flick on. Basically, and was the was the he, thing. He did it magnificently well. He
1: was a machine up front, uh the kind of bloke that would gave you the impression he'd run for a brick wall and still get the nod down for Neil to lash onto and smash into the net. Um, but quite a skillful player i remember on, on occasion because he was always used as a the big target man um and i think much of neil harris's footballing education came in this era because you know as as, as we saw with steve morrison yeah. <laughs> um we played four I two mean, quite a lot in this year didn't we <laughs> i think neil never quite got got over the power of the big man up front and the power of four four two. man
0: but a look at the four
1: yeah, look at the 4 4 2 we had there, Harry. We had Stephen Reed in midfield, Tim Cahill, um, David Livermore. I saw one guy with he, a, a Livermore flick header into the net. From yeah, a move I, down the um, I think that was a Lucas Neil cross, you know, a midfield Reed, Cahill, Livermore, and Neil. Lucas Neil, that's that's yeah, an international well, take take out Liverpool that's an
2: international level. Well, as well, you midfield. had you had uh players that midfield had players in the bench that could, could come in, you had Bircham and and Kinné waiting on Kinney. the bench. That, oh, what a player Christoph Kinney was. What a peculiar man that did nothing covered in put a floated little left-footed him. But it was always, always finding Tim Kale arriving late. It just was, you know, you, you watch the video now and he looks, you know, if he played now, he, if he was to remind you of any player, it's like Ferguson, you know, doesn't do a lot. But when he gets the ball and he's on fire, just would put, put a ball in and it, it's unplayable, you know.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, Conor I mean, connor,
1: connor Mahoney reminds me of him a little bit, was a, but connor has got to deliver. Kino did deliver. Um, he, mercurial was a good good phrase. I mean, I was looking at his, um, his, his playing record, and I, I've lost it now, but um, I think he only started about 35 games and had about 36-7 off the bench, which is always a measure of the mercurial winger, Harry, isn't it? If you're, if you're on the bench yeah. a lot more, you're starting.
0: There's, a, there's a story. You.
1: <laughs> they don't trust you. She but you could it. trust him to get the cross in. The number of times he's come on late and was instrumental in, in a goal that won a game in this season, um, you know, is, is remarkable. Um something else is quite remarkable, and I don't know if you picked up on this, if you look at the 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 the, the league table, the home and away stats, um forty forty um I written there? Forty seven goals is it I 40, 40 goals.
2: Like we won a lot of games, 5 1, 5 59 goals. 49 it goals. At home. ridiculous. You watch the video, a, you're scoring five goals quite regularly. I think we scored five goals at least five times, I've seen. But this is this is the home record. So the story of the season, obviously,
1: is goal scoring. We, we've already touched on Neil, Paul Moody, Tim Cahill with 10 goals. He's the third highest scorer of 10. Um, but the other storyline, the home record only, just 11 goals conceded all season. In 23 games. That's one goal every other
2: game, isn't it? Roughly.
0: Four,
1: de-
2: four defeats as well, I think that is at home. So yeah, we did come under Rhino and Maca.
1: They did for Maca and, and Rhino, yeah.
2: Um,
1: and then 40 goals scored away. So we got away and scored liberally, uh, just conceded a few more, 27 away. Um, but that's 89 goals scored over the course of the season, We're just 11 short of the 100 mark. It would have been wonderful to have achieved that, but we yeah. couldn't do it. Um, 38 goals against for the season. So, yes, this was an attacking season, but don't forget the defence because that's a solid that's a solid um, you know unit that's kept out. It's um, only conceded 38 goals over the course of a 46 game season. Um, and in that defence, there's there's two probably lesser sung. I mean, Matt Lawrence was was player of the season that year, um, but he's made 54 appearances and that's practically every Every, every game, every game, including the auto win screens, and including the uh, the the, uh, the other, the you know, the, the cups, the FA Cup, and, and the other and the League Cup, but also for uh, Robbie Ryan, Harry, forty-eight appearances. <laughs> um, Reliable you know,
2: Robbie.
1: Yeah, much maligned, and what an odd career because you know he he like many players they achieve their success at Millwall, don't they? Uh, Robbie Ryan achieved his success at Millwall. I think he went to Bristol when he left us.
2: Like um, for one year or something, wasn't it? Because why is he wanted Graham Lasot and and yeah. Theo was gonna get Graham Lasso in at like fifty or however old he was at that time and we, we fobbed off Robbie Ryan and never I think his last game for Millwall was marking Cristiano Ronaldo, so um in the cup final. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I don't I don't think I suppose that's a fairy tale end for his career. I mean, I just wish he'd snapped him. He would have saved us all a lot of trouble, wouldn't he? I mean, we just, you know, ended his career about three minutes in. Maybe, maybe, cause him to need for some false teeth, the front teeth. Um, yeah, got... Something I did pick up on is the amount of fantastic goals. We're not just talking, we scored a lot of goals. Spectacular. It, it, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Harris's double at Stoke, it's on the 21st of the 10th, 2000. I wrote down dates. It's 18 minute 40 in the video and 19 minute 35 in the video. And if you want to know how good a footballer he was, just watch them two goals because they are two totally different types of goals. One is a phenomenal screamer. The other one is a beat two men on the edge of the box, run through and toe poke it with the outside of his foot to beat the keeper. And, you know, this is going away to Stoke. Couldn't win there this season when they've been diabolical and we're, we're, you know, near the top of the league. Yeah. So they were just, they were just, it was the perfect time for that squad, that squad, you, you look at it and the, the names in there have become not legends. I wouldn't say, but that as a squad, it is a legendary. It's a a classic 11. I've written down the, the last game of the season. Um,
1: I always find it interesting to compare the starting 11 with the finishing 11. You know, you, you can kind of tell a lot of over the evolution of a side, um, but that's I mean you look at those names, Warner, Lawrence Nevercott, Dyesh, uh, Sean Dyesh, Robbie Ryan, Stephen Reid, Tim Cale, David Livermore, Lucas Neil, Neil Harris, Paul Moody. That is a classic, classic eleven by anyone's standards, in my opinion. But I've got some other little cameos because that's the story of the season, listeners. It's there's all the obvious stuff and you know we've we've touched on the big the big storylines. We've made Dan Parkin who came and contributed, albeit only five appearances. We've mentioned Steve Claridge, who came in late in the season following a bizarre, um, double sending off at, um, at, uh, was it Stoke when both Neil Harris and Paul Moody got sent off? Bristol City. Yeah. Sorry.
2: Yeah, it was, it wasn't Stoke, it was Bristol City, you're right. Moody Very got sent great. off. And it, I've got the, yeah. um, the,
1: re- the report somewhere for that, that game. Um, which um sounds like it was a it was a it was a kind of a it was a millwall day out kind of um match you got know wrong yeah gone got wrong um but yeah i mean that we, so we finished up with no front line going into a critical month
2: and, and they didn't want to rely on michael's favorite player
1: uh, uh, <laughs> well they, they brought in steve claridge to i mean also tony cotty but he, he I bet the less said about him, the the, the, uh, the better. Um, but what alone, Steve Claridge came And At this point, we didn't know that Claridge would go on to become a great mill figure. Um, he was just coming in to do a job, basically. It's like an independent contractor coming in to do a very short-term job and six appearances, <laughs> three goals, um,
2: and kept the show on the road. Um, and wore different boots and looked like a scruffy fucker. I remember that. I, you, you had one high-tech boot, one night boot or something, one sock something up, one like sock that. down. It was really weird. I don't know if it was a superstition or whatever. It just looked made him look even more sort of part-level than he did. But then as soon as you gave him half a chance, he, he, he again... Put it away. Yeah. yeah, that was
0: it. That was the Sto- story of the
2: season, though. It was goals, really. Goals. Well, The story of the season is goals.
1: The story of the season is overcoming um obstacles and hurdles and problems and injuries and suspension so all the, the players we've mentioned so far um you know were, were responses to situations where um you know a, a, an issue had arisen and, and there was a potential for the, the the wagon to come off the railway if you like but somehow it was kept on the rails another thing just to mention while we're talking about claridge coming in late in the season Harry. Is the ruthlessness of of Mark McGee and possibly, and I'm I don't know enough about the the, the personalities of Rhino uh, McCleary, McGee, m- uh, nor Pathetis, but Pathetis strikes me as a man that only looks at the bottom line, once is is a single-minded individual, and must have brought Mark McGee in for this reason because some utterly ruthless decision making took place in at various moments. I mean, there, there was um, I've not circled Willie Geray, as another contributor to the season, because he dropped Tony Warner. Um, yeah. and starting with the, uh, the LDV, which we can disregard, but Warner then was our first choice pick. Um, and then suddenly Gary comes in, um, in a three nil win at home over Bristol Rovers. I've got the report on screen here and that's listed as a surprise, <laughs> a surprise pick. To put, um, you know, Tony, uh, Willie gerry into the scene. There must have been some falling out of those words. I don't know what that would have knowing, been.
2: Knowing what we know about Denzel from Aaron's dealings with Denzel and sort of hearing Denzel on other podcasts, I'm presuming Denzel did something off the field that he wasn't allowed mm-hmm. to do. But um, he, was, he was placed I'm on the bench. Not is that libelous?
1: I, I'm not sure. I don't sure. know. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. I mean, we, all we can say is that um, he went from being number one and Denzel was a great goalkeeper. That's not oh, fantastic. let um, not beat Penalty around the bush. Penalties. Penalty, Penalty saves. saves. He physically occupied the goal. It, but for some reason, which we can't speculate on further, probably. He's gone from being number one choice and the main man at the den to sitting on the bench with Willie Guerre
2: now as the first choice overnight. Um, 13 Peter games. Geray had some kind of amazing ability to come in and just do the job, didn't he? I think. Did he play in the cup winning season, uh, the cup final season? Um, was well, that was, no. that was Andy. Andy Marshall and Golden, was yeah, I don't know if he... may have played. I can't it remember. It may have been it. this season, then. I may have crossed sort of back in time. But I remember he coming in and did he even... I don't think he conceded a goal till the last game before he was dropped. Is that is that
1: right? He, he came in. He played 13 games that season. And my reason for mentioning it is that the you've got your number one choice now, Benched. Um, He's standing. His understudies come in. And has kept um, one, two, three, four,
2: five, six seven, eight clean sheets.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I
2: remember he seemingly, I, I do sort of remember that, that he come in and was, you know, fantastic. You know what I mean? he's just suddenly turned up and you're like, well, how
1: good where, are I? Where have you push? been? Like, yeah, yeah,
2: and,
0: yeah.
2: Why, uh, why, why has Denzel been in goal,
1: you know? I don't
0: know, if, um,
1: I, mean, I don't know if, I mean, it Gary have been a French speak. I don't know if there's like any, any French um words exchanged between him and, Mark McGee, because then he was dropped <laughs> after a, a, a nil nil draw. I mean, he, you know, he's got eight clean sheets from 13 performances there. And then he, then has come back um, for the running, for the final running for the season mm. to to some effect because we have a succession of one, two, three, fight five. Was
2: that to get a medal, do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So, how many games you have to play to get a medal? Because I think now they give them out for everyone who's in the squad. But I think then it was you only got a certain amount of medals for the for the entire team. I'm, I'm, you know so don't, I don't don't know. Don't Be know. So, see on
1: so you've got that. You've got these ruthless and then there's another ruthless choice which I've forgotten about. I know we finished with um, Harrison Moody up front, um, but um, after their sendings off, McGee must have been completely fucked off of them because I didn't start. He's maintained faith with Claridge and Sadlier after, after the suspension have been served. Yeah. Um, Harris and,
2: and Moody are on the bench. <laughs> quite, it's quite interesting <laughs> with McGee. It's quite interesting with McGee because I've heard a lot of, you know, in this, in this, obviously, coronavirus hit time, there's no football. So to get my football fixed, I've been listening to a lot of sort of other football podcasts and there's one by um, John Parking and, and uh, I think it's Chris Brown, another sort of Northern Championship journeyman. And um, they they spoke to a lot of football players, and um, Leon Knight is quite um, interesting. Yeah, 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 interesting. Talks yeah. about McGee, McGee ch- uh, chucked him off a coach. When they were on the way down to Bright, uh, when he was at Brighton with him, chucked him off the coach and he went, I ain't getting off the coach. You can get off the coach. You want to get me off the coach. You've got to get rid of him." And you can imagine. Right, <laughs> yes, Leon off, White's yes. about five foot one. Right. By the way, I'd like to point out, and looks like he'd weigh the same as two bags of rice when wet through. You know, he's, he's not, not a big boat. And McGee just sat there. And he got grassed up by McGee's assistant about him saying, don't worry, we'll go there and we'll get the three points to a player. This is obviously only his thing. So maybe McGee... And McGee, remember, only got a a two-and-a-half-year contract, which is quite interesting off Theo, No, not one of these big five-year deals or four-year deals. It was a a two-and-a-half-year contract. So that was basically up at the end of the following following season, um, which he got sacked from. So presumably... Theo, again, ruthless, as you said, so you brought a ruthless man in to, to mould this squad, maybe to make him. because presumably they were all taken on as kids, so this was to take them to their next level of their football development, going by the Kenny jacket, you know, you're doing your football apprenticeship type thing, but yeah, it's quite weird looking back to think how batshit crazy Mill all must have been behind the doors, that season seems to have Two sending offs in one game. And it happened away at Ipswich early doors we had two sending off. We went into extra time away at Ipswich at Portman Road in this two-legged tie and ended up, you know, getting thumped by conceding three goals when we had nine men on the pitch. You know, it's it's um, it's a weird season for stuff like that. It just seemed like it was, it must have been great to be there. I mean, I wish I was a little bit older so I could remember it a bit better. You know what I mean? It oh, was, oh you,
1: you, you would have loved it. You, it was, I mean, the pressure was right. I'm just looking at red cards here um Kahill uh, got a red card a few weeks earlier Kina got red, after two two yellows um but yeah i mean to stick your what's that 28 plus uh, 42 goal striking duo Benjamin in favor of <laughs> claridge and and sadly to make a point is management that's that's what you call management you are listening to achten meilwal Who's your favourite all-time
2: player? Would it be Neil Harris? Would he be your choice? He would be my choice. Um, he would be my choice. He's pretty much the club in, in the modern era, isn't he? In Boston, one, in one player. I understand why people have got Ted and, and stuff, or Judas, as I like to call him. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I I I understand why people say that. But I think, I know he left, but that was under wires. And the more I look back at the wires... Instant, I think Dennis Wise, although he got to the playoff, uh, although he got to the cup final, if you ask me what would I would have rather had, would I have rather had the golden day and the sunshine at, uh, at the Millennium Stadium and get him thumped 3 0 by Man United? Would I have rather to go into the Premier League as a 14 year old? I think I would have picked the Premier League all the time. So I, I think Wise, he was the wrong manager, let Neil Harris go, let a lot of good players go, and really damaged us for that next little run that Michael was talking about afterwards so I think Neil Harris was badly treated by Dennis Wise I don't think Neil when he come back there was no hard feelings I mean Jacket went to get rid of him when Jacket was first in yeah. that season he kept us up and he he stayed on for three more years and whatever and and then he come back as manager under all the way and and we all know the rest but it, it I think he he gets us and if you get us then and you become bit. it's almost like he was a fan and I think to you know, presumably he walked away. We don't know this season. But even to do that, to walk away, to not take money off the club, to not wait until you're sacked, you know, um, that's a mark of the man for me. Obviously, and Michael's story about him signing um Harris's uh, is um, a yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like little things like ah, that. That's that's Millwall. That's the kindness. That's getting us. That's doesn't have to do that. As a mark of the man, so I think with all that is the reason that he might not be the greatest ever football player that we've ever had at the club, Um but he definitely is for me the greatest greatest player at the club for what he what he sort of represents. He's
1: certainly one of the greatest finishers. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think of a, of a better finisher that I have seen in my time, and I, I mentioned always mentioned Teddy Sheringham as somebody that went on to greater. Um, you know, the greater success, and maybe Neil Harris might have done if he'd stayed healthy. Chris, we don't know,
2: but I like so, Chris it's, Wood. I thought Chris Wood was well class for us. To be fair, it was it was nah. a
1: quality player, absolute quality player. But um, no, um, interesting, interesting choice. Um, what's your most memorable match, Harry? What's the match when when the when the final day comes and they say what's what game sums up Newell for
2: you, Harry? Which one would you choose, mate? What would be your choice. Uh, it was a toss-up for me with that because, obviously, being from Essex, um, going to school in Essex, wearing a claret blazer to school every day, um, <laughs> and subjected to years of abuse about oh you were only winning Division Two as it was then, or whatever, and the abuse, and then they got relegated from the Premier League, and then I they, know where but, you're going there. I
1: see where you're going. Well, with. no,
2: but but I decided that you know that's that's you there's two questions in in your uh listed lines question there's question number six which is memorable match and then there's memorable yeah. moment
1: because so, they so can mem- vary
2: they can differ okay so for memorable match i'm gonna say uh, it's leads away sort of two three years ago the four three four three okay I, I can remember it I, I i think my memorable moment is the four one because what in what in what it entailed personally for me the day after. I mean, I wish I had more bottle because I should have bought a Millwall flag and put it in the middle of the school <laughs> play. <Grand laughs> you'd, you'd have got kicked as shit for that. <laughs> I would have done it. It been worth it, wouldn't it? I mean, what a statement. What a statement that would have been. Uh, I was a bit of a shrinking pilot back then, let's put it that way. So, um, yeah, but uh, you need to wait for free. The, I, mean, the, the, I mean, being two and a half time, you were there, you were standing next to me and we... You know, our bad. Yeah, it was a great day. Great day. Win. Great I mean, the fact that it was Leeds, we hadn't won away from home all season. It kick started the run that very nearly ended up with us in the Premier League. Um, it was just the sheer mentalness of it. The fact that it was the first time that we'd been, it, it, it all aligned to be the perfect day, didn't it? The first time that, you know, give give Rex yeah. Mickey Simpson for arranging the old um, coach implementations, you know, no yeah. longer have- on the coach and pick the tickets up. First time we were able to go there on masse and the team win their first away game despite having a goal disallowed and and being you know throwing it away and getting it all back again. So for me, that's got to be the most memorable match for me. Nice or choice. Match. I'm just looking through my notes
1: about the 2000, 2001 season. One one thing that I do want to mention before we go to the the finale, the grand finale of, of the season, is um, Joe Dolan broke his leg. Um, Which I'd forgotten about that entirely um, against Bristol Rovers, which um, because he was he was a fairly regular fixture in the
2: in 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 the side. Um, I mean, watching him now in the footage, he looked like a great defender. Do you you know? I mean, like a a brave, brave defender. Yeah, absolutely dogged. You know, um, sort of the heart of Tony Craig with the ability of a Hutchinson or a Cooper to use sort of in the air at least. Um, but, yeah, obviously, I don't think he ever really returned. I think he broke his leg no. so badly that he never, you know, back then, I mean, 20 years, how far medicine's come on that a broken leg could end your career 20 years ago? Now, that would be unthinkable, you know? What I mean, there'd be... Players never used to come back as strong afterwards. I mean, Alan Shearer would be a good, a good example of a player that
1: was never quite as powerful, never quite as much of a of a, of a, of a, of a raw threat up front post-breaking his leg. And But Dolan broke his leg. Um, and then, as you say, it kind of largely ended his career. Um, the other interesting point in the season was um, how Sean Deich had, um, had kind of languished in our in our reserve sides, really. I mean, given that um, he came to the fore in this season, really, he started to play with Nevercott as a, as a, as a you know the, the central defence uh, two, and then with with Joe Dolan, I, I Nevercott might have got himself injured or something. I don't know, but um, certainly Deich. Came into the side as as the as the season progressed, really, um, and he's gone on to you know management success with with Burnley in the Premier League. So there's a lot players of interesting, so funny enough. <laughs> yeah, um, I think Stranted. this was a. I think this was an educational experience for a lot of players, um, and and so it so it went on. Um, but just going into the final phase of the season, I mean, um, the other the great contrast I, I would think personally is is with the 87 88 promotion season where success developed you know we were on the fringes of the promotion race in that year and only really came on strong in the last couple of months basically you know it, we 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 kind of made a play for playoffs late whereas this season when you look at the league table positioning harry and we we went top um first in 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 november of 2000 and largely speaking, stayed top. One, one or two little dips here and there, but mostly it was first position from November onwards. That's what makes this a standout mill season. We, we never ever go top and stay there, do we? We, we, no. we, we kind of we flirt, we, 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 fall away, or we come on strong late, like we did nearly it's, the other year.
2: Yeah, it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? I mean, it, that's that's typical <laughs> Millwall. We're either fighting for our lives, or we're we're looking for something. We never, you know, we can't get relegated easily. We always give them no. a tantalising that we'll we'll stay up or we'll do it even if we do get relegated. Or if we're trying to get in the puffs, it's always tantalising. I mean, the season, the 9 10 season, we went into our last day with the possibility of finishing second. Um, Obviously, barring Leeds' result that you talked about the other day. You know, um, last two years ago or whatever, three years ago, we had, we had a chance until the final two games. You know, we always... Get to there, and it was it was interesting because I did remember I I remembered the last day in the sunshine that we're going to get onto in a minute, but the I remember the the game that we got promoted. I wasn't at it was Wickham or I I, uh, I think it was Rexham, Rexham Way. we were now yeah. a non-league side, like I mean, famous for bootlegger or anyone who's on Twitter and knows him. Yeah, <laughs> nutter with him. absolute nutter. But I love him to bits because he just wants to get out <laughs> in the beer all the time. But um, yeah, like. You know, I didn't go. Obviously, being ten, that was that was an away game that we weren't what uh, we didn't do. Um, I don't think I really started going to away games probably to the season after. I think
0: I that's it's a to different
2: after, but so,
1: taking kids to away games just feels that you, you want to be a certain size before you go to an away
2: game. It just has a different vibe completely. And yeah, kids and just to still, seemingly, still seemingly still a lot of terracing knocking about actually absolutely yeah I mean mean, even 20 years ago I mean that's mad like in the weigh-ins there's sort of like little piddly ass grounds like Wrexham looks like there's so many mere walls standing down the front in sort of these no-man land places where they hadn't put seats in but don't know whether or not they ever did you know um but just to I mean a draw to get you promoted I think I think we got promoted because other people dropped points or whatever the second-last game. But to go oh, t- into the last game knowing that we were promoted already, it was just deciding the champ, whether you're champions or not, is such a, a strange position for Millwall to be in, really. Yeah, no, it's unusual for us to go top, stay there, and start
1: hammering teams by threes and fours and fives. And that's that's what we did this season. One other player I just want to mention, because we haven't touched on two two names, um, with Paul Eiffel. Um, fantastic! I love Paul Eiffel. I used to love it when oh, the, I, I, I. Yeah, when he got the ball, you know, you never knew what was going to happen. He, uh, how he beat I don't think he did either. Uh, maybe he didn't, <laughs> but it, it was it was wonderful, wonderful viewing. And of course, we've we've not mentioned Tim Cahill in 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 the in the centre. You know, ten goals for the season, but um, you know, the, he was still quite young at this stage. He, he'd not yeah. come in into the into the team, but he was very much a player that you felt, you know, had had momentum if things were gonna happen for him. You kind of could see it in in the way he played the game. Um wonderful,
2: wonderful times. Um we secured It's interesting prom- how many of Sorry mate, is it just yeah, interesting on, no. how many of those those midfielders went on to so called bigger clubs for money. You know, uh, how many players over the last three or four years actually left me a wall for money. It's it's very few, you know, um but that side, Cahill went for money, Stephen Reid went for money, Lucas Neal went for money. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, you can, I al- can al- for money. Yeah.
1: you can argue about the fees we've got for them, but that 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 um, that midfield, we mentioned it already, Cahill, Lucas Neal, Stephen Reid, that's an international, um, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a midfield that's played in World Cups and, and has taken the field in international at the international level so it's it it's it, when you stop and look back at it you suddenly realize well wow, that that was a side um we had a, a a major win at Cambridge United which was the night of um that was a hat trick for Paul Ifield. 5-1 yeah, win was, at Cambridge yeah. and I think this was getting close to secure I, don't, I, I think it was at Wrexham we secured yeah. promotion um that was a that was a one-all draw there uh Cahill equaliser for a, a a Falcon Bridge, Falcon Bridge, I don't know if you pronounce his name, nine minute goal. Um and then final game of the season was the um the unusual sight of of, of Millwall fans in the away end at um you know against Oldham 5-0 win. Um there was a I section of the fans, apparently. yeah section of the the West Apple was devoted to to Oldham fans such as there were there. I think mean, it might have been only a, a coach load but the whole North Stand was devoted to Millwall fans 18,500, uh, just 300 um, Oldham fans listed on, on the website here. Um, and 5-0 win, Moody 21, and 66, Harris 30, and 90th minute penalty, and, and Stephen Reid goal. Um, to secure the championship, um, I used to have a car sticker that the South London Press gave away, a Millwall Champions car hmm. sticker. I, mean, I used to have it in my old car. Um, I can still see it now as I... As I say that, it was a wonderful, wonderful day. Yeah, I remember One, it. <laughs> wonderful moment, um, and you know, it it was it was a culmination to a fantastic season, really. Um, just before we we probably close this review of um, of the season, I just want to mention two other names that we haven't touched on: uh, the back room staff, Steve Gritt who was a coach at the Den, um, and Ray Harford, who sadly passed away in, um, I think it was 2002, 2003, so he had, he had cancer and he, he passed away. Um, but both hugely influential coaches. Um, Harford particularly um, had been involved with, um, I think uh, Blackburn, I think he'd um, coached at Blackburn and and other clubs. I'm just getting his obituary on screen, I'm saying, that he, he'd worked with Kenny Dalgleish, Blackburn, a very very influential man and hugely well thought of at the Den, um, and yeah, you know it, it was it was a, it was a tough loss because he, he he passed away just a couple of years later. But I think you can't overplay the influence of grit and half of behind the scenes in keeping that team together because. Yeah. We've mentioned the uh, the various moments, the, the who knows what words were exchanged at various points, what decisions were taken by Mark McGee, but it still then requires someone somewhere to put the arm around someone's shoulder and talk them through it and get them back to 100% to give everything for the club. And I think you can put that down to those two hugely experienced coaches, Steve Gritt and Ray Harford, for the contribution that they, they made to the side. So I just think that's a nice way to to finish it we finished the season in top position um yeah,
2: we did. i can't remember what we needed to do on that last on that last day i think we just needed to match to win we needed to win yeah i think it was match from result and you'd win that i mean they yeah. won so we had to win but I can't remember any a very weird thing that football twenty years ago you had no phone or whatever. I can't remember you no. know, people just sit there and wait for the Mister to buy for an hour half time, to so whether or not you were doing all right or not. Um, people
1: had the radio, they had to listen to a transistor radio yeah, or something did like you, that. Um, did it did was you a go very picnic. I was up in I was I'd, I'd, I'd um. You know, I was up in the, in the West Upper. I, 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 no, I didn't go on the pitch. And my days of going on the pitch went at the den, when I went on the last day at the den. Um, but no, I didn't do it that day. Um, I, mean, I, my, I watched on.
2: Did you go on the pitch? Uh, after everyone else had run on and tried to, I remember everyone trying to nick the corner flag, nick the stand that they stood on <laughs> for the presentation. I remember everyone trying to nick a bit of that. Um, we went on afterwards. I just went on and sort of touched the touched the turf and then... Had sort of said it was it was time to leave, but um, we we I, I hadn't gone back on the pitch. Funny enough again by what you and michael said about and the mm. new ground you know um i mean there's one of the questions in your listed lines is do you like the new den well for me it's only the den that i've known it and you said it was a shit hole the old den was a shithole, but it was our shit hole. well the fact that you've got bird shit in front of you is kind of <laughs> estimate to this one is becoming our shit hole as well really and, so, and, uh, it's, and it's rusting away and there's a yeah it's, it's, it's all, lovely I, I mean Long, long may it continue. But going to what you said, I mean, when we went for the Wonderwall Cup, um, my I was a, obviously um was doing bits and bobs for Mickey and got to go on the um got to go on the pitch and I'd never I'd never been on the pitch as an adult and not not really looked at it and sort of looked there and sort of stood and watched where my seat is sort of yeah. walked as close as I could from the pitch and they they know who you are that they know faces they don't know who you are maybe but when it's Eight thousand, nine thousand of you on a wet night yeah. in February. They know your face, and if you're giving players abuse, totally, they know <laughs> who you are and where you where that abuse is coming from. And that must be horrible if you're in a wave player. Like I mean, that that's just and it's supposed to be nasty. It's just we're supposed, you know, it is our strength and our curse to bear. And if you understand that and just accept that then really you understand us if you don't understand we're the pantomime villain if you don't secretly cheer captain hook then you're you're <laughs> part of the problem in life at the moment unfortunately you know that life life would be boring if everyone was nice wouldn't it you know um, then unfortunately unfortunately that's the way it is i mean I, I i don't i don't know what else to say about the season i just think that I think a lot of people at this time would do a lot worse a lot of the younger supporters i know we don't have many that listen to this podcast as we we found out nick's become uh, slightly obsessed with um demographics stats. And, and stats yeah of what of who who and what is listening to our pod and um <laughs> it, well, enough, re- just, there's one more f- go on there's um you said in this Listed Lion question, which I'm, I've read through, of who is your Millwall villain. Um, yeah. And I was, yeah I, that's yeah. one of the questions. And mine's Gareth Hainsworth. She's uh, very... The Wickham. You know, Wickham, uh, Wickham boss. Mainly because I remember him doing Tony Craig twice in one season. Um, I think that was either the season that we didn't go up or the season that we did in League One, you know, with, um, yeah, with Kenny yeah. Jackie. He sort of smashed Tony Craig. I think he broke his face, like a cheekbone or something, or something like that. And then he done the other cheekbone in the home game, so he got back. Like so he done him in the away game, like with like some shit ass challenge. And then and then he done it again at the home game, and I think he got sent off at the home game. And uh, his cards always been slightly marked for me for that. So um, when well, he was announced, possibly as a millwall wall manager, when um, when Gary Rowett was uh, when obviously Harris left and yeah. Rowett's name was picture everyone I was really really hoping that we didn't have Ainsworth otherwise I'd be secretly cathartically liking when we got beat and he was getting closer to the door so um, <laughs> I, obviously-
1: hindsight's a wonderful thing I think we got we got the right choice in the end with, uh, with Rowett and not not any of those kinds of other candidates including Ainsworth um, just to sum up this season Mill um, finished top of the table in uh, the third season I think it's called League league one
2: no, division it was division division two, 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 nation, division two. it was the yeah. nationwide the football nation it was nationwide football league sponsored That's by right. sure wasn't it was that nationwide? Old, yeah, yeah when the
1: old division uh the old second division was division one so this was division two we finished top of the table played 46. we won 28 games over the season we drew nine lost nine scored 89 goals conceded 38 we had a goal difference of 51 um and the 93 points and in second place just to give you a measure not just two points behind us rather than but their their goal difference was 24 to our 51 so it was uh, the story of the season was goals 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 um short neil harris
2: points, really
1: yeah not far it's not short
0: bad. no not it was a fantastic
1: time. season so I think we've reached the conclusion of 2000 2001 daydream believers cheer up mark mcgee was the,
2: oh, the theme, theme song i'm not going to ask you to sing it harry i think that that I do, that's... I do remember it i remember what it became afterwards i remember playing him at brighton after he got the sack do you remember <laughs> <laughs> the, the words were slightly changed um <laughs> which was quite interesting
1: i just want to close i've just um this is an obituary written for ray harford um, just to close actually, this was very much, um, it was influential. So just a, uh, it's a quote from um, a piece written by Brian Glanville in The Guardian to close this season. He's, he he um, spoke to Colin Hendry, the Scottish uh, centre-half in black, the Blackburn team, and he remembered Ray Harford as being a top-class coach. who was very influential in his career, a nice man who was already, always ready to lend an ear, Uh, And as Granville says, that's very much the way he's remembered at Millwall, where he held his last position as coach. So, RIP Ray Harford. Um, Thank you, Harry, for coming on the show, talking about the 2000 and 2001 season, age just 10. I just want to say thank you to the to those who have sent some nice, kind words about these shows. We're trying to do our best to keep a little bit of entertainment going, hence this this show today and the ones we've done previously. So thank you to Harry for helping out. Um, if you have any any, any thoughts, comments, or uh, anything you want to share with us, get in touch. Achtung <laughs> I
2: Sorry, sorry. We are gonna uh, we are gonna do some crap seasons. I think I think the uh, the yin and the yang of Millwall has to be that we do. Some there's many more, more of those, seasons, and there's a lot more of them. But we thought we'd do the nice ones first, as hope. Many more going, of those. So we're <laughs> going to break. the deep dark depression. I mean names that strike fear, such as Tuttle, Lomas, and Otterway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice one, Harry. read the Dirty Millwall. Do get in touch with us if, if, you, if you want to um, have anything to say about any of these shows. Much appreciated. All the best. Achtung Millwall and the Real Millwall Fan Show are the number one Millwall podcast, and we want to hear from you. So get in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts, your views, your rants about all things Millwall. We've got email, achtongmilwal at gmail.com, all one word, achtongmilwal at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us and leave us a voicemail on 0208 144 0232. That's 0208 144 0232. Leave us a voicemail. No human will be involved in the receipt of your message. So give us a shout, tell us what you think about All Things Millwall, and the best messages will be read out on air.